A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. They say life is stranger than fiction. And they're up to about 80% efficiency in terms of, in terms of the, the water retention and, and the water cycle. It sounds like a significant amount of the water <laughs> I'm drinking. Oh, this is me and my mates. Oh, recycled. But sometimes what we see in movies or read in books is so incredible that it obviously couldn't be possible. Or could it? And we know we can do this. There's stuff starting to come out in wearables. Energy can be generated by people walking around um, that are stored in batteries and can be used to, to power things. Welcome to Sci-Fi Sci-Fact. I'm Brian Crump and this is a podcast where we take science fiction's strangest ideas, weirdest elements, most unfeasible plot drivers and explore if they could actually happen in real life. Maybe they already have. And in every episode, we bring in a scientist from New Zealand's McDiamond Institute to explain the theories behind some of fiction's more fantastic flights of fancy. In this episode, Associate Professor Jeff Wilmot, McDiamond Institute Deputy Director for Commercialization and Industry Engagement, and Associate Professor of Physics at Auckland University, gives us his scientific take on the still suit, the water-saving suit that recycles sweat and other fluids into drinkable water in the deep deserts of Frank Herbert's Dune series. We are in your hands, Doctor. Your gift of the still suits is much appreciated. Would you give us an explanation of their workings? Well, this is a still suit of Fremen manufacture. The most efficient type on Arrakis. Basically... It's a high-efficiency filter and heat exchange system. Perspiration passes through the first layer and is gathered in the second, where salt is separated. Breathing and walking provide the pumping action. The reclaimed water circulates to catch pockets from which you can drink through this tube. With a Fremen suit in good working condition, life can be sustained for weeks, even the deep desert. Now, given you're a director of commercialization and industry engagement, maybe you're already working on a prototype of this. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But, um, yeah, it's it's definitely the case of if we could make one, we could uh, sell one, you know. It, it, would, it would make a big difference to uh, export markets if we could get some of this technology up and running. So tell me a little bit more about how the still suit works and what it works for. Yeah, well, so... Um, in in the the story, June, as as the grab there, the the soundbite there said, the the world Arrakis is is a desert world, and so uh, the the suits are, are designed to basically retain water for the wearers. Um, so and and in the the story, they're they're designed by the the local people on the planet, uh, or the indigenous people, if you like, the the Fremen is is what they're called, and so these people have like adapted over, I guess, centuries to to retain water in the desert and to be able to survive. Um, yeah, that's that's the basic premise of, of why they 
want to retain water and they, and they and they need a suit to be able to do this so they manufacture these suits that do this very efficiently and how does this because it it's all bodily fluid right everything gets recycled am i right yeah yeah i mean there's a there's a uh, the most famous passage about it or the most extensive passage about it from the book which at the end of it it says you know when you have one of these suits in good working order you won't lose more than a thimbleful of moisture in a day you know even if you're in the in the most harsh desert on this planet you 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 won't lose any of your bodily fluids um, to to the atmosphere now we sweat to keep ourselves cool so how does this still suit actually before i ask you that why is it called a still suit because they don't stand around doing nothing they're, they're moving around in this thing aren't they it's, it it gives you lots of mobility yeah it's a nice um it's a nice name actually cuz I, I like to think of it as kind of a prohibition <laughs> Derived name because the, uh, Frank Herbert wrote the original novel ah. five and 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 you know stills were known in, in that time as as what you made moonshine with um, so you know coming from the word distillation so when you separate out different fractions of fluids um, yes now I get it yeah sorry I was a bit slow on that one yes distillation because it so what but okay the next question. How does the still suit get your salty sweat and turn it back into water you can drink? Well, I mean that's a good question. It, it, that's where we we start to go from, um, you know, uh, away from reality to fiction. Uh, of course, in the novel, uh, Frank Herbert can say, you know, it just does this. Uh, but <laughs> we do have like uh, various technologies on that, that we use from day to day that, that can do bits and pieces of what what the the um, the still suit does. So that first one was des desalination you asked about, right? And and we know for a start that we have um, desalination plants, right? That uh, that can produce drinking water from seawater. They use these in Australia, um, and and there's lots of similar technologies that are out there for purifying water. Um, the thing is, though, doesn't distillation, desalinization, need a lot of energy? You got to heat the water up, turn it into steam, then condense it again, and then you got fresh water, right? Yeah, absolutely. So this is kind of the the, the bit that that gets hard for us. This is why we don't have um, still suits kicking around on on our planet at the moment, because to do distillation it takes energy, so you have to somehow. Um, you know, if, for example, if in these um, uh, municipal drinking water plants, they have these big pumps that, that create energy, um, uh, sorry, that use energy. And so you you need to uh, apply some energy to, to pump water through some membranes in order to separate out the, the, the salts. Um, so that's all fine. You can do that in a municipal plant, but doing it in a, a layer of suit next to your skin is a, is a completely different story. How then might we be able to do that? For right, example, so like, you've got the situation where I'm assuming that Arrakis is gets a lot of sunshine, and so what if you you're able to get? But hang on, normally you, you if you're going to get the water to evaporate, you've got to get it to evaporate to lose its salt, but then you don't want it to evaporate off the body. Yeah, that's right. So. Well, there's a couple of things about the evaporation. And one is that, um, as was mentioned, I think you mentioned at the start, Brian, was, you know, the sweating, the, the perspiration is there to cool you down so that when the um, water evaporates off your skin, that, that cools you down. And so if you then capture the water again, 
uh, you've you've retained the the heat in the system and you haven't um, necessarily cooled everything down. So that adds a kind of extra energy um, requirement if you want to keep cool in your suit. And and then on top of that, you've got yeah, the separation from for the desalination and 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 pumping things around and so on. All of that takes energy. Um, so in terms of uh, what the book says about the energetics, it's it it suggests wearables, right? So well, what we know now is as wearables. So they say that um, motions of the body, especially breathing and some osmotic action, provide the pumping force. And we know we can do this. This is um, uh, you know there's there's stuff in the lab on, at the moment these days and and starting starting to come out in wearables where energy can be generated uh, by people walking around, right? So the friction on your shoes, for example, can, can create energy um, that is stored in batteries and can be used to, to power things. Um, we have lots of examples of sensors and, and so on in, in wearables um, where the battery and the sensor and everything is, is stored in a piece of fabric, essentially. However, how we be, would we be able to generate enough energy to get the salt out of the water and still keep the water with us and still keep us cool i mean can you can you do enough it, it starts to get really hard i mean at the moment on earth we can't do enough with with this type of really thin fabric and, and these types of demands on the system um when when you look at uh where the energy is coming from though you know they're they're harvesting the energy from the motion of the body, and so in, in a way, they're only limited by uh, the the kind of the energy output, the mechanical energy output of the body. And this is um, something that, that that isn't really a limit on what you can do, because these people on this faraway fictional planet, I guess, can eat and move as much as you like to produce this energy. Um, I, I think if if you do the sums now for the technologies we've got, the answer is no. You know, you can't realistically get enough energy to do the separation um, and that's that's why as i say we're not <laughs> wandering around in still suits what if we were a little bit less ambitious about matching what frank herbert does in his imagination and we still needed quite a lot of energy but if we had a backpack that would store that energy and also maybe do some of the work involved in desalinating the water perhaps we could I mean, it would be easy enough to collect the H2O as we sweat it, wouldn't it? It would just, and storing it, it's, if we had some kind of device machine behind us, a portable desalination plant on our backs, would that work? Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of the, the more like the direction we're, we're heading in at the moment. I mean, yes, definitely you can retain um, water. I mean, just wander, um, put on a, a plastic rubbish sack and walk around for a while and, and you know, you, you understand that you can retain yeah. water. Just wear an oil um, skin on a, on a humid day, yes. Or, a, or a, one of those ponchos you wear to the rugby that, yeah. Um, the, so, so you can, you know, you can retain water, that's fine. Um, the, the backpack idea, though, I, I think the, probably the nearest parallel is when we look at space travel um, and where we're going with that. And so, if you look at what, say, NASA has been doing uh, relatively recently, they they have uh, kind of fridge-sized units on the on the old space shuttle um, that that are kind of evaporative stills that would separate out um, the the urine from the the astronauts, and therefore, uh, you know, can and and those things have to run off the the batteries and the solar power of the the, the space station. That's so it's all self-contained. 
And they're up to about, um, I think, 80% efficiency in terms of, you know, water, or maybe a bit higher, in terms of the, the water retention and, and the water cycle there. Um, so that's something that maybe doesn't quite fit on your back, but it's, it's smaller and it's self-contained and it's distributed and, and that we are already able to do. Okay, 80% retention. Does that mean that 80% of their water is, um, is urine that's been purified? Or more yeah, or less. Not sure about the. Not sure if my maths is might might be a little bit dodgy, but it sounds like a significant amount of the water yeah. I'm drinking. Oh, this is this is me and my mates oh, recycled. But this, but this happens, pretty clear. You know, we, we have now um, in the states. There's some fairly direct kind of uh, municipal water supplies that are potable water that have come straight from sewage and 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 been purified for for long enough and extensively enough that that it's essentially drinkable. Um, Do you know what so happens yeah. with, with perspiration then and our exhalation in the space station? Because actually a lot of, of the H2O we, we exude is through our breath, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm not sure about the space station. I mean, it's something that features in June because they, in those suits, they, they specifically mention about having um, mouth coverings. And, you know, you're supposed to breathe um, breathe out through your nose and in through your mouth or, or the other way around, I can't remember. Um, and, you know, that's obviously the, 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 the filters are, are designed to, to work that way. Um, I, I think something to kind of mention about um, the separation stuff is, and, and things like what we currently use in the space station is that a lot of it's based on filters and when you have filters, you they they clog up or they wear out, and you have to dispose of them. So these these things have kind of a working lifetime. Uh, whereas in this uh, science fiction world, um, things these things don't wear out. These they wear these still suits on and on forever, and and that's something that's probably particularly difficult to do in, in real life compared to to what happens in the in the book. There is another thing that just occurred to me, Jeff, and that is that the air that we breathe generally has quite a lot of moisture in it, doesn't it? I mean, we, we've got, that's what humidity is. It's, it's, it's water vapour in the air. Would it be possible for us to breathe in and actually harvest some of the water? Because we don't get that, we don't, when we breathe that air in, we don't take the water, do we? We breathe it out again. Maybe some of that we could somehow hold on to and, and extract the water from it? Yeah, I, so... You know, humidity is variable. Um, if you're in Auckland or Northland right now, it's pretty high. And um, when you're breathing in, you're breathing in quite a lot of water. But it, I, I guess the assumption you'd make on a desert planet or a desert environment is that it's very low humidity. So the amount of water that, you know, if you took that face mask off and breathed in the desert air, the amount of water you breathe in would be very small. And the amount of water you breathe out is always quite high, right? Because it's been in the body. So these, these things are a matter of balance and, and you know, yes, when you breathe in on a humid day, you're taking in water, but when you're breathing out, you're, you're breathing out more. It's, you know, it's very humid that your, your output of air because it's been circulating around in your young lungs. Of course, some people argue you don't need to sterilise or purify urine, just drink it. It just doesn't taste very nice. Yep, got, away you go. <laughs> you've gone all quiet on me, Jeff. Well, no, no, it's, it's, 
if your listener wants to go do that, they can do that. <laughs> yes, right. Okay. Um, uh, now that's that's a bit of a segue. I, well, let's get back on track here. Mars. Now, I, I'm I'm guessing Mars. Mars is a very dry planet, right? Um, we would need some technology like this if we were to survive on Mars for for weeks or months, wouldn't we? Well, so you can make a segue to another movie, right? Which is The Martian, which came out two or three years ago. And, you know, with Matt Damon. And in that, you know, water retention actually features quite heavily in that movie because he has to, he starts, I don't know if you remember, he starts growing plants inside this big tent. And, you know, he has to produce water in order to do that. And the way he does that actually in that case is, is burns all this fuel he's got from, from, uh, jetpack essentially and, and produces water that way um so yeah i mean you know the when we when we talk about before about um, nasa's systems for space shuttle i mean that's the kind of prototypes for what we'll potentially be using when we do manned space travel over uh, um, you know to to mars and to other planets um, so it's something that's kind of really important for those self-contained systems and that we are getting better at um, but perhaps don't quite have the systems we we could for those long range voyages at the moment. Do so you, all the um, I sorry, was just going to say all the material science that goes into you know making these things better is is really you know interesting and active in terms of how do you make really thin, flexible, really efficient materials that can do separation, do wicking of water, do energy production. That, that, those are all really interesting kind of active research areas. I'm try, going to try and squeeze in two more questions, Jeff. One is, do you know at the moment with the International Space Station, which is, I guess, that the the object at the moment, which is, is supports human life, but has is separate from the, the Earth's environment, how self-sufficient that is? How often do they have to take more water or more oxygen up so that you can live on it, in it? Um, I mean, short answer is I don't know that one, Brian. Um, I imagine they're, they're doing their best to, to try and um, be self-sufficient, though. Would be, I mean, I, I think there'd be some interesting stuff going on if, if, if you look into it a bit deeper. As we get better at this stuff, we might be able to do what we need to do at, at a smaller level, and maybe at one point all this could be done in a backpack? Yeah, right. And, and I think... Um, I mean, the interesting aspect is, do we need it in a backpack? And if you live in New Zealand, you, you think, well, probably, you know, we're a very pluvial country and all that. We we don't really need um, water retention technologies. But if you go over to Australia and you fast forward a few more years and climate change gets a bit more intense, um, you know, preservation of water is going to become more and more important and more valuable. Um, you know, we already have droughts here um, that are getting worse. So yes, these these technologies are important. They're interesting, and and they're developing. Um, so I think that's the trajectory, anyway. We haven't talked about one aspect of the still suit, um, or at least one aspect of of bodily functions, and and that is the the more solid waste. Does the still suit recycle that stuff? Look, you know what it says in the book is just that uh, the urine and feces are processed, and what it doesn't say is you know what. Yeah, what happens to the solid waste? So, so once you've processed something and you've separated it out into liquid and solid, does it I don't know, leave a pallet of dry turd behind, or does it um, somehow reuse that? That's that's not covered in the book, but certainly uh, 
would have to be a consideration for a real suit. You wouldn't think it would be worth, I mean, it's just extra weight otherwise. You just get this, yeah. you just, yeah, dry sort of waste, I mean, maybe turn into some kind of fuel. I mean, maybe I guess one of the problem other to the fuel about, issue. Yeah, yes, yes. I guess one of the other things about the book is that they um, they have this kind of magic um, spice on this planet that, that they all eat that sustains them. So maybe there's something in that that, that, that allows them to, to eat and still um, it makes the suit work. And maybe it makes for high energy turds when you get rid of all the water. Maybe. <laughs> I've stunned you again, Jeff. Sci-Fi Sci-Fact is hosted by me, Brian Crump, and produced by Andrew Robertson. It's made possible with the enterprise of the brilliant minds at the McDiamond Institute. You should be able to find the podcast on any podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. It's also available on the RNZ website rnz.co.nz Thanks for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.